Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, who's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. Now, why I enjoy Tony coming on is because immediately the first thing that he answers the phone with, the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, when I call him is, Oh, man, I, I I hated everything you just said. Something along the lines of that, and I knew this was going to be a lot of fun. So, Tony, uh, I don't know. What was the thing you objectified with the most of my Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, little segment there? Oh, man. Well, first of all, John, thanks for having me, buddy. We're glad to hear you stepping in for our man, SB, playing the daddy role today. But, um, listen, I had a lot of, lot of interesting thoughts go through my mind. We, number one, you were talking about, Zach Prescott or Zeke Elliott not being as good as Tony Pollard, <laughs> and then you're right. I, I'm shocked. One thing I will say about Zach Prescott that I I agree with that may many people may not may not agree with as well is I think he deserved to get paid, and I'm glad to see that he got paid. And the reason why is because we've seen this story over and over again where guys play. For their contract, they take that one-year tender deal, they get hurt a la Earl Thomas, and never get the money that they deserve. So I'm kind of glad because uh, I think the, the billionaire owners have tons of money, and they, they hold out these players so many different times. But the other thing is Washington. I'm a Washington guy. I love the Redskins. See, here's where you're wrong. Taylor Heineke will not be the starting quarterback. It's going to be Deshaun Watson, or it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. It's not going to be Heineke. So for that specific fact, I will take Riverboat Ron and Jack Del Rio and Chase Allen and that defense all day long in the NFC So what you're basically, what would you be betting on in the East is just the fact that the Washington is going to get a quarterback. That's that's basically yeah. what you have to bet on there. Because yeah, I, I would agree if they got a quarterback, obviously well rounded. I still don't buy into that offense uh, too much. But he, obviously, if they were to no. get a, a, a solidified quarterback, that helps out. So wait a minute. So let's, let's like I like Terry McLaurin, but that's really about it. Oh, right, so, so Gibson we, was pretty good. Completely. Too. Well, that's what I say. We completely discount the the uh, thunder and lightning kind of role. Of J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson. I don't even care about McKissick now. Gibson, if Gibson isn't the feature back there, I will be very upset. He was. Well, he's very Logan good. Thomas? You're, you're completely discounting the fact that Logan Thomas was one of the best tight ends for probably when he was healthy for about eight to ten weeks. I mean, I, listen, and the kid's young. He's raw, right? They have a. They, I'm telling you, I'm excited about what the Washington Redskins have, because I think they have a top-five defense in the NFL. And one thing Ron Rivera knows is, even if it is Taylor Heineke, he's played with Cam Newton. He's played with guys that have had limitations before, even though you take the 15-1 in year, which was tremendous. But we know Newton had limitations, so he understands how to orchestrate an offense around that guy. So I, I go by coaches, John, and my, in my opinion, I'm going Riverboat Ron all day. See, I would love to, and I, I love Ron Rivera. He's a very nice person and one of the best the NFL has to offer in terms of human beings, but I, I, I'm not a big fan of him as a coach. He did great last year, uh, but I you mentioned Cam Newton. I feel like Cam Newton bailed him out a lot of those years, and Cam Newton played at an MVP level uh, in that 15-1 to season, and he was basically he the reason why they were there. No, he did, but, but in the NFC East, who, who Sirianni? 
right? Well, no, I, see, Spartan. that's I'm not I'm not concerned about the Eagles at all or the New York Giants. They're not great. And Mike McCarthy's not a great head coach, but that is just too much talent to. I mean, it's hard not to be good. It, they have to stay healthy, but there's too much True. talent there for me to think that it's all just going to go wrong because they were averaging 32 points per game. If they just even get slightly better on defense, then I think that means they're they're going to be by far the best team in the NFC East. Yeah, I just I think they had a major culture problem on that team, and I, I, and I don't think the culture went away. I really don't, and I think that's one of the most under underrated issues. That kind of you know nip people in the butt when it comes to the NFL, it, you know teams in general that people don't talk enough about. And, and unless they can all gel together and have a cohesion as 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 a team, I just I don't see it. But I, I will give you that you're right. 32 points a game, that Prescott MVP level. I mean the receivers, uh, Cooper, Lamb, Gallup. I mean the, the list goes on and on. And who knows what they're going to do with the draft. And we can obviously go into this conversation in the fantasy football aspect of it because Dak Prescott was putting up insane numbers. Now I imagine because of that, he's going to be way up draft boards. Is it even going to be worth taking Dak Prescott in a draft this season? I just feel like he'll be way too overpriced, even with the kind of performance he had. Well, you just said the key word, overpriced. And that's going to be the interesting part because, you know, and and this is going to give you a good segue right into Jalen Hurts' talk. Because I came on the show with Sean a couple of weeks ago, and I specifically said I think Jalen Hurts is a top seven, could be a top five fantasy quarterback if he is 100% the starter in Philadelphia. And that makes an interesting argument when we talk about Dak Prescott because I think Dak is a top three starter in fantasy if he is 100% healthy. And that's going to be the thing. Is he 100% back? And if he is, I'll tell you, John, it's really hard if you go to those top two or top three quarterbacks, not to look at Dak Prescott's name. Yeah, and he will be one of the names I look at, and one of the other names that we'll be looking at, too, is Jalen Hurts. Now, of course, the the risk with him this season, if he starts, but it sounds like, after Chris Mortensen's report, saying that Jeff Lurie wants to build around Jalen Hurts for this next season and you know give him everything he can to succeed in, in year number two for Jalen, uh, it seems like they might be going through with Jalen Hurts. I actually, I'll start here. I don't buy it, but do you believe that report? Because obviously Chris Mortensen has something there, but it's just I don't believe the sources, and especially Jeffrey Lurie, when he says something like that. First, let me just say, shout out to Chris Mortensen because, number one, we talked about Ron Rivera battling cancer. Yes, Chris Mortensen, too, and he's still doing a great job. Still doing it. And and you could tell, man, it's a struggle sometimes, but he still gets through it, so God bless him. So, to me, if Mort Report's talking about it, I think there's definitely some credence behind it. Now, this, this organization is in complete shambles right now, even if this is the case, right? So I don't even know what to think anymore, John. I have no idea, right? So you just went, okay, let's get Carson Wentz competition indirectly. He couldn't handle it, so we ship him out. Let's get Jalen Hurts. And I'm like, well, we don't want quarterback competition for him because it might help hurt his ego, even though we already know he's a true leader and it didn't bother him in his entire collegiate career and it didn't bother him last year either. So I have no idea what the hell this team is thinking. To be honest with you, I don't know. All I know is I am, unfortunately, or I say, unlike yourself, I am all in with Jalen. So how how all in do you think the Eagles are, though, for this season? Because in that same breath that I hear Jalen Hurts, they're going to support him, I also hear 
they're going to get rid of Brandon Brooks and they're going to try and get rid of that's Zach weird. Ertz. Like that's that's what I that's what I'm not getting here. Or at least I get it in a way, but that's why I think he's lying basically. He could be. And here and here's this is an interesting dynamic with this whole situation that, that from an NFL standpoint that I don't get. Not, well, I got to do get, and I think it's what happened. Okay, I, I still stand on my laurels by saying that Doug was a Jalen guy, and he goes into that meeting, and that's why he gets fired because he says Carson Wentz is unfixable, and I want to go ahead with Jalen, and I want to promote Press Taylor and all these other stints, right? So he's gone. So then they say, okay, we need to fix Carson. Who can we get to fix Carson? Ah, we're going to get Sirianni because – He's a Frank Wright guy, so we're going to bring him in. So they bring in a coach they really didn't want because they knew he had to work with Carson. And Carson says, you know what, I'm out. I don't want to be here. So now Carson gets traded. So now they have Jalen. So now they're stuck with a guy they drafted supposedly to be their quarterback of the backup future. And they're stuck with a coach that they want to fix Carson Wentz with who's not here. I mean, how ridiculous can this situation even get? I don't know, and I, I think it, it would sound ridiculous to say, but I think the the one way to always fix these problems is to lock up your franchise quarterback, and right yep. now I don't feel like supporting Jalen Hurts for this year is doing that. What I think the one year is for is if things go wrong, you're right back where you were, you're able to draft in the first round this year, get some nice players, get better with your roster and get younger, and then next year you can go after the quarterback when you feel like you're a little bit more stable, especially with the cap room and some young players that you have, and so then you go out and get your quarterback. I feel like Jalen Hurts is just the transition guy, and basically this year is, oh, if they're bad, which we expect, then we'll move on. But if he ends up being good, then great. We just lucked into a really good quarterback in the second round, and we'll take it. Yeah, listen, you know, you, all you need to do, and I, I tell everybody this, all we, all we have is three weeks to base our decision on, all right? And that's week 14, 15, and 16. 17 was a train wreck because it was, I had no idea what was going on, whether it be coaching, whether it be upper management, who knows. Week 13, he kind of got pressed on the duty. But if you look at 14, 15, and 16, you know, he was, and I'll, I'll stick to fantasy because it's still it's based on numbers and statistics, but he was the seventh-ranked quarterback within those three weeks. He actually was the second-ranked quarterback in week 15 where he put up 41 points because he had 330-plus plus, plus a rushing touchdown. John, this guy, he was averaging 31 points per game on a fantasy level, and I understand that it's fantasy, but there's still legitimate stats that we're basing that point total on. This kid can do things. He can make an offensive line that's deficient look adequate for a certain amount of time. And I think that's what they're thinking. I don't necessarily agree with it, but if Brandon Brooks is making a ton of money and they can save $12.2 million on the cap if they wait until after June 1st, that's a huge number that, you know, for a team that's taking a $34 million hit with win. So, uh, you know, just a lot of big decisions going on. But I'm with you. It doesn't symbolize going all in with your quarterback when you're, you're trading your number one guard. Right, your yeah, you're, you're just lying straight through your teeth. Now we're talking with Tony <laughs> Jigsaw Cotillo, who's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. You can follow him at tcotillo23, uh, at Heat Ratio Sports. You can find a lot of his stuff, too. Great work they do over there at Heat Ratio Sports. Uh, but you mentioned the fantasy numbers. I mean, this obviously... With this news coming out, the one concern that you would have about Jalen Hurts, because even if the Eagles are bad, they're going to put up numbers. The one thing is, the the most crucial number is games played and games started. 
if that's the case that he's going to start for 2021, is there now kind of no holding back and, and now drafting Jalen Hurts every chance you get? But this is also increases value to a point where you maybe look away from him. Well, you know, he, he kind of falls into, whether people agree with it or not, he falls into the uh, Kyler Murray situation of last year. Because if you remember, Kyler Murray the first year was still overvalued a little bit, but people took flyers on him. And then he was way overvalued last year. I mean, he was like an upper, upper echelon top three. Now, we all predicted that he would put out really, really good numbers, but people were really stretching for him because, again, we know quarterback is a pretty deep position based on the you know your draft strategy. Now, what I will say is, after the top two or three, John, I, I really don't know. I think it's a crapshoot. I, I really do, and I you know because we don't know where Deshaun Watson's going to go. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with thirty six, right? We have no, we don't know if Lamar Jackson's actually. Listen, for the first half of the year, he was no better than fifteenth, John, in the NFL. He did not have a good year. Okay, he finished strong. So there's a lot of question marks at the quarterback position. So I think owners, and I mean fans of football owners, what they're going to do is they are going to reach for Jalen Hurts just based on what I told you. Because a 31-point quarterback is not something to sneeze at, even though it was only a three-game sample size. No, it's definitely not. And every time in fantasy you get a quarterback that can put up numbers running the ball, that's always something that's going to be very, very coveted. Cam Newton, even during his worst seasons, was always some a quarterback that people could rely on, even a little bit because the rushing numbers were always there. And Jalen Hurts yep. is going to have that. So basically, at least in fantasy football, not here in Philadelphia, I don't think it's Hurts <laughs> season, but in fantasy football, Hurts is QB1. Yes, 100%. He's... He's 100% QB1, and I really think that when it's all said and done, if he does, like you said, game started, games played, if he starts 16 games, I think he will finish on the outside of that top three as, as a top five fantasy quarterback. I really do. Yeah, we're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. You can follow him at tcotillo 23 on Twitter. And uh, while I do like talking football with you, baseball season coming up, and uh, Mickey Moniak is just... Ooh doing more incredible work in spring training. Today, a triple uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays. He's now hitting, this according to David Esser, I'm seeing him put up the numbers right now, so give him credit for that. Uh, he's hitting 556 average with a 2.111 OPS. Uh, not only, I mean, he's going to make the roster with this kind of numbers, right? But not only that, Absolutely. what... I mean, what what should we be expecting from him? Is is he ever going to work his way into the starting lineup regularly, or is it still just a wait and see approach with him? Because it's been such a, it has been a very long and definitely talked about a little bit too heavily road to Major League Baseball. He was a number one overall pick, so he's going to always garner that attention. But I don't think he was ever given a, appropriate and adequate time to get his way to the majors. Uh, are we ever going to see it, though? And is this year maybe the year? That's a good point. And, you know, because we talk about, you know, the farm system in the Philadelphia Phillies, whether it be coaching or scouting, has never been up to par, at least over the last five years. And we, we've kind of never known what they actually been doing down there, to be honest. But, you know, we wouldn't be excited over a 585 average if it was somebody normal. But you have to get excited because Moniac has been so bad. And I don't know if he's been so bad because, like you said, he's garnering that first-round label for, you know, number one pick label. That's what he's garnering. So he's always going to have it over his head. But the one thing I look at, it's almost like 
the the similar situation on the reverse effect of Scott Kingery. When Scott Kingery started firing away in the minors, and then you bring him up, and now every year we're like, okay, is this going to be a year Scotty catches on? Because he kind of like crapped the bed a little bit. Now with Moniak, it's completely different. He's been crapping the bed for years in the minors, but now all of a sudden maybe the light bulb hit. You know, we don't know. There's a lot of different coaching changes with Philadelphia, and this is the time. It's the kind of team that it's perfect opportunity for him to make because they do need bench pieces on this team, like you know. So if this guy, he's a multi-positional player, he can play a couple different positions. So this kid can come up if he can continue this, you know, stable development in the Grapefruit League. Uh, Scott could be the limit for him as a, a legitimate bench player. I don't know about starter, but you never know. I mean, we, we you know we still have, like I said, Scott Kingery is an interesting animal as well. Yeah, Moniak is one of just a few players that are playing really well in spring training to the point where there's now a, you know a couple of position battles happening, and, and the roster construction is going to be really interesting to start the season. Yep. So what, what are a few players that you think have stood out to you and you think are going to make the, uh, make the roster and make an impact this season? Like, What are a few of those players that have really uh, done it for you this spring training? Well, I'll say two. One, I don't, uh, one, I'm just going to call him player X because I hate to even mention his name because I don't think he deserves a second chance. It should be in Major League Baseball. So let's get that elephant in the room out. Um, you know, he, he's actually been the best hitter over the week and I can't stand seeing the highlights, but you know, I, nothing I can do about it. Just like Bryce Harper said, listen, I don't have to agree with it. I don't like it, but he's here and, and he's playing very well. Now, the other player I think is a, a very intriguing to me is Matt Joyce. And the reason why I bring this up is because we always see a little Greg Dobbs on this team, don't we? And 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 you think about it, he most he could be our 2008 version of Greg Dobbs. And you know, Matt Joyce has been ripping the cover off the ball in spring training. And if you look at him over the, and listen, he's 36. He has one job to do. He knows what it is. He is a pinch hitter, right? That's what he does. He's a part-time pinch hitter, part-time player. And Dobbs. Listen, he he led the majors in 20-plus pins hits in 2008. So I think Matt Joyce could have that similar role on this team, especially with an outfield that, number one, is going to need – McCutcheon is going to need breaks, and Harper is going to probably play every day. But we don't know what Adam Hazley is going to do in center field. So Matt Joyce could have a really deep role on this team at 36 years old, and he could be very productive. So another guy that's been standing out to me, uh, Spencer Howard, it's just plus stuff all over the place. Uh, But it's been a lot of talk of starting him out in the bullpen instead of the rotation. Where do you think they should play Spencer Howard to start the season? Man, that is such a tough question because we talked about, you know, the lineup and and the rotation at nauseam about what happens after three, right? We, we know what those top three are, but what happens at four or five is, and listen, one of those spots is definitely carved out for Spencer Howard as long as he wins it. And right now, he, he is looking good. I think a lot of the bullpen pieces that, that, that they have taken, uh, you know, guys like Anderson, who quite possibly could be a fringe starter or a long kind of Chad Durbin-esque rota- you know, uh, bullpen guy. So I, I honestly think Spencer Howard definitely makes, a, makes the, um, the rotation this year. I, I, you know, a lot of it falls on Eflin. I think me and you agree with that. You know, as a number three, uh, he has to be the number three. He has to win 12 to 13 to 14 to 15 games for this team that have any kind of credence in the NL East. But Spencer Howard, if he can come on and give you that, that maybe those eight to 10 wins 
as a number five starter, I think it's something that is right in his wheelhouse, to be honest. Yeah, and he definitely has the stuff to do it. Uh, and I yep. also just saw on your Twitter account, at Ticatillo23, Tony Catillo is joining us right now on the Dr. Glatt Reed Grow Your Hairline on the Daily Ticket, Fox Sports and Gamble, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Um, but as I'm seeing that Manny Bryce tweet, I also see another one of uh, Rob Friedman at Pitching Ninja posting Blake Snell just absolutely uh, dominating a White Sox hitter. Uh, I mean, the Padres, I just want to go there because obviously Manny is, is a big part of that and what they do. Just what are our feeling of the Padres? Because I, I am way in on them, but I, I feel like I'm getting resistance on that. You know, there, there's an eight-win gap in the win total, 102 for the Dodgers, 94 for the Padres. I think, and I love the Dodgers and they're great, but I think that's way too, way too much of a gap, those eight wins, because I think the, the Padres have to be one of the best teams in baseball too, right? I completely agree. I love the Padres. I, I love the Padres this year. And, you know, when, when me and Brace were talking about this before, he said the same thing. Well, it's the Dodgers. And I said, listen, number one, how hard is it to go back-to-back? We Especially in baseball. That. Yeah. Exactly. In baseball, it is extremely hard because it's such a long season and things change. And I understand the rotation, in, you know, in L.A. is probably 8D. But – what the one of the historic off season the San Diego Padres have by bringing in not one but two Cy Young Award winners in Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish. Now I understand every oh well you might not be how listen Hugh Darvish pitched exceptional last year he, he was incredible in. and the year before yeah. when he was healthy he played very well. You're adding two pro, to a rotation, mind you, that was already good. <laughs> like like right, and you look at this lineup. Uh, is there any better? than Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado. I, honestly, Fernando Tatis is a top three player in all baseball, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he goes with Acuna, and he goes with Juan Soto. It, you know, when you talk about guys that are under the age of 25, they're just unbelievable. So he's carrying this team. And then you've got guys like Will Myers that is probably going to bet seven or eight, and it's going to hit 21 to 23 home runs. I mean, I don't know where the holes are on this Padres team. Uh, you know, Grisham last year had an unbelievable year. I- I'm very excited because, number one, they're young, they're hungry, and it- it's finally something different, John. That's that's our whole thing, right? We- it's like when we talk about the Patriots of football, it's the same thing with, like, the Red Sox and the Yankees. And the Do- Dude, give me something different, man. Like, I love seeing the Padres in this best. Yeah, I just – I fall in love with the Padres starting rotation – because they have somebody like Chris Paddock who's going to be at the end of their starting rotation. Yep. And if, if he, and I last year went through a few bumps in the road, but if he gets back to anything of what he was the year before that, I mean, they're going to have probably the best to me. Dodgers are great. I think they would have the best starting rotation in baseball to me. Because Danielson Lamette is also another talented guy. Right. They were winning a lot of games with just those two, basically. And exactly. that's about it. And now they added even more to it. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see this team losing very many games. I, I'm with you. I mean, you, you quite honestly could have three 15-plus game winners at the top of this rotation. And, and now you're talking about 1990s Atlanta Braves Harrison. So and and that's not listen. That's not overreacting. That's being dead serious. And that's 15 for Blake Snell could be pretty low, and it could be for you Darvish if he stays healthy. Uh, and, and you mentioned Paddock and Lament, two tremendous arms as well that carry that team. So 
I, I don't know how you don't get excited about the Padres. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch them this season. Well, it'll be fun to watch the battles in the NL West between the Dodgers and the Padres. Should be a lot of fun. But you you put Manny Bryce. What what was that? Uh, what what now with Manny and Bryce? Uh, do you need to talk about? Uh, is there so, something that Manny has done lately, or is it in probably fantasy drafts as well? They're probably close. Well, that's what we were talking about. So, you know, with, with, with no baseball, I mean, no basketball games until Wednesday, we kind of took a break yesterday uh, from the norm yesterday with the three-play, and we talked about a little Manny versus Bryce preview. And the reason why is because if you look at the preseason fantasy rankings, there are only two spots between each other, 116 on average, which is uh, Bryce Harper, Manny's at 18 on average. And the whole point was, I was like, you know what, let me go back and look. Since they signed, how they've done. And I'll tell you what, John, the numbers are eerily similar. They both honestly have 48 home runs since they signed with their respective teams. Now, Manny has plus 48 when we talk about at-bats. So he's 50 at-bats more than Bryce, but they're both 270, Bryce 267, Manny 278. So the whole thing is, what guy for Major League Baseball fantasy would you look at more? Even though I am a Bryce Harper guy, I love Bryce, I think he's going to have an MVP season. I really do, just like he, like I thought he was going to have last year. But he plays the position in the outfield that when you talk about fantasy baseball, that's very rich. Manny Machado plays third base, and that's a, that's a position at the hot corner where maybe you have four or five guys that are legit. After that, it's a drop-off. So in my opinion, if you're talking fantasy, it's Manny Machado. But if you're talking players – for baseball, I'm Bryce all day. Now, real quick, before I let you go, now that we're on fantasy baseball drafts, Christian Yelich, bad season last year, but it mm. was in a 60-game season. How tough it? How tough is it to kind of rank him this year and draft you, him, basically? You know what? Honestly, John, for me personally and for my rankings, I am throwing last year completely out the window. Yeah. I'm not even looking That's at fair. it. Yeah, only because you. it was such a weird season. You brought up a great name. I mean, this is a guy who's a a, a triple crown perspective, an MVP candidate. And all of a sudden, he hits a wall because he plays 58 or 59 games in a, a COVID late season. So for me personally, that's all out the window, and I'm just going by 2018 and going forward, because, or 2019 and going forward, uh, and just going from there because that was just something I don't even want to uh, remember. No, it isn't because he is one of the better hitters <laughs> in baseball, and I love watching him in uh, chat. So unbelievable. It'd be nice to have him back. Uh, but it'd also be nice to have you back on the show as well, Tony. I always love talking with you. Uh, especially when it comes to uh, football, because we seem that's the sport I think we have the most disagreements on. So uh, I always enjoy when we can talk some NFL. 